0: I know I've already made a recording today, but something just happened and I figured let me hop on here real quick and make a recording because um, I don't want to forget. If I put it off till tomorrow, I might uh, forget. So let me just make this recording right now. Now, um, on the podcast and over on the Instagram handle and on my Twitter, I've said time and time again that personal sales and the art of handling sales conversations is really, really important because if we don't get good at this, then we limit ourselves to low-hanging fruit. Now, when I say low-hanging fruit in these kinds of um, contexts, what I mean is uh, people who show up and who have already uh, already made the decision and already have the cash and who are going to pay on the spot. Now, that does happen, and it's really, really fun when that happens. I can tell you that as a wedding photographer, it's absolutely bliss when that happens. Uh, Someone calls up and the person says, Hello, this is Tarishima. We'd like to book you for so-so-so-and-so date. How much? You tell them how much, and they say, okay, send your account details. So when that happens, it's absolutely wonderful. But the thing is, it doesn't happen all the time. And that's the reason why we have to get good at handling sales conversations so that we can engage people in the conversation, walk them through the whole process from hello uh, what do you do, how much, up until we get to the point of thank you very much for your purchase and we look forward to delighting you guys. So you need to become good at these conversations so that you can take someone through the whole arc if the person doesn't have to, uh, if the person doesn't have to be um, that latter um, category. That's the people who are low-hanging fruit, the people who show up prepared and ready to go. Now I call them low-hanging fruit not because it's a bad thing what these people do. I mean, being ready to pay us the amounts that we ask of immediately. Uh, But we call them low-hanging fruit because these scenarios are unlikely. And so we have to be prepared for dealing with pretty much everyone else who are going to be people that you have to engage in one form of conversation or another. Now, an example um, happened to me in my personal life, and I think it's a very good example that I can walk you guys through to better explain this whole idea of the importance of conversations and um, how to deal with people that are not uh, low-hanging fruit. Now, unfortunately, this is not a wedding-related conversation. But I'm hoping that you guys are going to be able to see the um, truth or how applicable the situation is and will be able to tie it into our um, individual businesses. Because whether you're a photographer or you're a videographer or you're a wedding planner, you definitely have people who hit you up on the DM to say, what's up? How far? How are you there? Are you free? How much? Those kinds of conversations. So. Um, for those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that Mom C is here with me because patience. My wife is still in school. She's going to be back soon. But for now, you know, Mom C is around. And she's been trying to keep fit. Uh, she had the Fitbit. So she's been working out, you know, going for morning walks and everything. And, you know, it's really good when you get on in age, you have to, you know, do your best cardiovascular fitness, keep the joints moving, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, as a family, we've been very, very um, supportive about the whole thing. So me, patience, uh, the other children, everybody's really um, supportive. Now the thing is, uh, grandma—I'll call her grandma for now. Grandma had to travel home. Uh, she took the Fitbit with her, and uh, I think she had to attend a wedding. And you know how these things are. So she took the Fitbit off for a while, and you know, as things happens in weddings, you know, the Fitbit just developed legs and went away. So that's a euphemism for saying that the Fitbit was stolen. So, Grandma has been without a Fitbit for a while now, but she's still been doing her daily walks, and she thinks that the Fitbit gives an extra bit of uh, motivation. But now, Grandma doesn't want another Fitbit per se, because... The straps um always get broken fall off get missing and so you you find yourself having to buy another fitbit strap um, every year or maybe every other um, year except if you have the high-end fitbits so she's not really looking into getting a fitbit anymore and so we've been considering some um, alternatives and then uh, a friend um, put us on this uh, thing that uh, she got from Alibaba, but with Alibaba, delivery is one month, and Momsi is going to have to leave here soon, so that one month doesn't count. And so we're shopping around, we're just thinking. And somebody suggested Oremo. I'm not sure of the right pronunciation. That is the uh, tech company that has uh, Two-Face as the, uh, what would I say, the public face of the uh, business. So I've seen some of their designs and Oremo or Riyamo, whatever the correct uh, pronunciation is, uh, they have some really cool stuff. So I hit them up on the Instagram handle and I do what we typically do. Now, when people hit you up like this, the reason why they go straight to either how much or whatever it is that they go to is because as a customer, we don't quite know what the real question is that we should be asking. So I hit them up and uh, I went straight to the point. I was like, um, so I sent a DM in you know, like, hi, guys. Do you guys have any activity trackers, something like a Fitbit question mark? And I left it at that. And to their credit, somebody respond responded and the person responded real quick. Okay, well, not real quick, maybe like within an hour or two. But I think that's real quick anyway. At least according to wedding uh, standards, that's real quick because there's some wedding vendors that you hit them up and, you know, they respond to you next week or maybe in two weeks time. So, um, what was I, yeah, so somebody responded to the message, but the person just responded by throwing up a link and you open the link and then it has a link to, um, all the different versions of the activity trackers and watches and everything that, um, has. Now the response that the fellow gave, let's just assume that it's a guy. So now the response that the guy gave to the message is like the typical Niger response and maybe it's like the typical Niger response. Just throw up the information there. If you're interested, sort it out yourself and buy. If you're not interested, then just move along. Now that response is okay, it's not bad, but that's only if you're willing to cope with low hanging fruit only. So the thing is, if we were in a situation where the situation where we're ready to pull the trigger and we actually trust um Oraimo or Oriamo Because um, the link was to their site where you can buy from there and not through uh, third-party retailers like uh, Conga or Jumia. So if we were ready to go and we had um, anything between the 7,000 to the 30-something grand that each of these things could cost, then we would just make a purchase now and then we'd move and be on our way. And so, yes, responding quickly, we have to give them marks for that. Sending the link, yeah, we have to give them marks for that. But that is only appropriate if you are dealing with low-hanging fruit, people who are ready to pull the trigger right now. Now, the problem is, from the long story that I've given you guys right now, it's clear that we are not ready to pull the trigger. In fact, we're still at the consideration phase. And so, having a conversation and being engaged with someone from the business might be one of the uh, determining criteria that, makes, uh, that, makes, um, that will make it possible for us to swing one way or another. That's either to go with uh, Orimo or to go with um, uh, the company on Alibaba or any other fitness tracker that is out there on the market. And so that's the reason why we actually have to be, um, uh, we have to sharpen our sales conversation skills. So I give this fellow marks for responding quickly, but I think now these things are not, this is not hard gospel, it's not written in stone. So with the principles that we've discussed on the podcast and with some of the fooling around that you've done by yourself listening to other podcasts and things like that, you can come up with a different approach, but let's think about it this way. So um, typically in the old school um, sales uh, perspective, when people hit you up, what you try to do is to engage them in conversation because once you engage them in conversation, Your deal, your chances of closing the deal go up dramatically. Now, in this case, is it worth it? Of course, it's worth it because, like I said, the options that they have there are from about 7K to roughly about over 30 something grand. So in other words, if by responding to a DM, you're going to be able to get someone to make the thirty-seven, uh, the 32, 37K purchase, then it's going to be worth your, um, worth your while. So now let's give an example. So let's say the person responded and uh, to keep it personal, the person was like, hey, good morning. Uh, my name is Chukudi. I'm the one who is responding to the DMs today. Uh, I've just seen your message. And yes, we have loads of options. They may cost anything between uh, 17 grand to about 37 grand. And they have all kinds of features, like apart from activity tracking to uh, smartwatches, answering phones. So there are loads of options that are available. But would you be okay with me asking you a couple of questions so that we can narrow it down to something that would be good uh, for you, that would meet your own needs? So you open up the conversation with that kind of salvo. You engage the person in the conversation. And then, of course, I... Um, would have said, yeah, sure, no problem, Um, shoot, ask your questions. And then Chukudy would have gone on to ask his questions and would have been engaged in the conversation and he would have been able to funnel us down a particular route, whether we should be looking at activity trackers only or we should be looking at affordably uh, priced smartwatches, which also double as activity trackers and, um, uh, gosh, I don't know, activity trackers and maybe... Uh, what else? Answer your phone calls and what else? Well, I don't know what smartwatches do because I don't have one. At least not yet anyway. Patience got one for me. But uh, when she comes back, I'll have a look at uh, what she got. So that would have been a better way to take the conversation. And if Chukudi, now the Pelo Juan said the DMs were smart, there was a little clue that I left there. I didn't leave the clue. I was just, you know, I was just writing because you know, when we reach out, we don't really know how to buy. So we just make inquiries the best way that we do as normal people. So I mentioned a Fitbit there. It would have been one way that the conversation could have started off. Are you asking about a Fitbit because that is what you used in the past? And which model of Fitbit was it? And I would have said, oh, no, 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 it's not for me. It's for Momsey And yes, she had a Fitbit, uh, Fitbit um, in the past. I said, oh, okay, that's cool. Okay, what model did Momsey use? What did she use it for? What kind of activities does she do? Because all these things are important to determine which activity tracker you're going to give the person. If the person only does walking, it might not need the same kind of activity tracker that um, let's say if the person does uh, hiking or swimming. Because if you're hiking, you're going to sweat a lot. If you're swimming, your watch, your activity tracker is going to be exposed to water. And so these are really important questions that you should ask before you can make a recommendation on, okay, this is the kind of activity tracker that Momsi needs to buy, or this is the kind of uh, Fitbit or whatever that you need to buy. So these questions are important. So um, I'll just leave it here. I'm not going to run through the scenario any further. But this is just an example about why we should take these sorts of things seriously and up our sales games and know how to handle um, random conversations when people either hit us up on the DM, over on email, or on the phone. If you gauge people in conversation, your chances go up. If people just hit you up and you just respond in this Niger way, like, uh, how much? And then you just tell them, two-five. And you just leave it like that with a link. Then, yeah, you'll get some sales, but that will be low-hanging fruit. You'll be better off saying, in this case like I proposed uh, when I reached out to say, oh, thank you very much for your message. My name is Chukudi. I'm the one handling the DMs. Um, Yeah, I noticed that you made reference to um, a Fitbit. Uh, Which model did you use um, in the past and what for? I need to know this so I can recommend which of our top of the line Oreamo products uh, we could recommend for you today. Um, Okay, maybe that's a little too long winded, but I'm sure you guys get the jazz. So that would be a better approach than someone just hits you up on DM saying, um, hey guys, do you guys have activity trackers? And then you just respond back. You don't say good morning, no good evening, no yes, no no. You just throw up a link and then you open the link and then there are 50 different options about uh, all the activity trackers um, that you guys um, have. Another thing that we're taught in sales training is that your chances for closing the sale go up once you can narrow options down a little bit for people, so even if you're trying to catch low hanging fruit, it behooves of you to try and narrow down the options um a little bit Now for me, fifty options is overwhelming. I just looked at it and I just forwarded the link to momsy you know my mom's a little bit more patient on this uh, patient on these sorts of things. She doesn't mind researching and looking into details and stuff like that, but I won't. so yes, my mom has gone there, looked at the filter, worked things down. She's looking at some options, uh, activity trackers only, and then uh, water-resistant ones, and uh, I think a a smartwatch option. So yeah, she's looking at a couple of things. But um, the thing is, well, I hope you begin to get a sense of how this uh, Niger response is pretty um, hit and miss. So she will engage on her own, but the thing is, she might decide one way, she might decide another, somebody else might say, why Oriam or let's look at something else. But the odds of us buying from this company would have gone up um, uh, immensely if the fellow had engaged us um, in a conversation. I'm sure that some of you who say, uh, look, what's all this uh, preaching about? You know, If you guys wanted to buy, just buy, if not just Fashi. Yeah, you would be right. But that's the point of what i'm saying that is just low-hanging fruit and the people who end up making the most money in the long run are people who don't uh who are not satisfied with only the low-hanging fruit so we have to do a little bit more so uh yeah that's it that's the reason why i popped off to make this uh, second recording we're close to the 15 minute mark so let me quickly dash out thank you very much for your time and attention I'm your host, Abuja-based event and wedding photographer, Taveshima Ayede. Thank you very much for listening to the Sales for the Nigerian Wedding Industry podcast. I'll catch you guys at the next recording tomorrow.